Sit back, relax, and grab an eggnog to get ready for Phantom Jukebox's very first Christmas special. This episode, we're breaking down some of the most beloved Christmas carols and the inspiration behind them. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Phantom Jukebox. I'm Ty Lindsay. I'm Joe Shannon. And we're two musicians that dive into the realm of music. They're myths, conspiracies. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been that long. Jeez. It's been a little bit. It's been a little bit. We've been on break. Um, but you can find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Pandora, um, I think Google Play, anything, any of your major podcast uh, stream apps, yeah, sites. We're, we're there. We're there. And if they have a review feature, I know that Spotify does and Apple does. Uh, if you could leave us five stars in a review, you know, what was your favorite episode of 2022? You know? Yes. And it helps us out a lot on the back and then interact. One, we want to hear from you because we like to hear from you. And two, um, that interaction really helps us out. And it's it's like YouTube. There's an algorithm that likes interaction. So Oh yeah. You'd be helping us out quite a bit. Speaking of, we are also on the Twitters, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the TikToks. Well on, on Twitter we're face Phantom Jukebox underscore. Facebook we're Phantom Jukebox. Instagram we're Phantom Jukebox Podcast. And TikTok we are Phantom Jukebox Podcast. Go f- hit us up. Just you'll, talk to us. You'll find us. We're we're fortunate in that we are pretty much the only Phantom Jukebox. I think we're the only Phantom Jukebox. Yeah, I I looked us up on some other like Google and stuff like that and could not find anything but us. So that's um, pretty nice. You know, it's also pretty nice is that we're at three thousand one hundred and twenty three downloads oh. up to date. No. Yes. Very, very excited about that. I think my goal this year was like 2,000. So I was like, man, I wonder if we can hit 3,000. And we hit 3,000 before the end of the year. Oh, yeah. So on our way to four. On our way to four. Really which ex- is on our way to a million. <laughs> the road to a million. It's, it's all relative. We're getting there. 3,000 downloads in the first year. Like no like specialty ads or anything like that. Just uh, just the show and uh, Dakota's super hard work on the promotion side yeah, of things yeah that is that is a big difference mm-hmm. well wow. uh, ziggy's stern but fair leadership stern very stern stern so this is the special christmas episode yes. happy as, holidays as promised from so long ago oh how, yes how was your thanksgiving i ate too much god bless america how was your thanksgiving <laughs> the same yeah what else do you do? I mean, you 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 go into like a food coma, and then you look outside and go, "Damn it, I gotta put up lights mm. for Christmas." It was so many times where I could have stopped and thought, "You know what? 
I don't need to eat anymore. I don't need to. And then the ghost of George Washington looked over your shoulder. <laughs> the ghost of Turkey's past just incited me to keep going, to persevere. Those, let those mashed potatoes go to waste. Uh, and that uh, ghost of Turkey's past was just my uncle. Keep going, boy. <laughs> anyway. So, Ty. Can you, can you tell me what's special about this episode? Well, I was just taking a look through some of our favorite Christmas carols, and there's a, some of them that get pretty pretty sad. You know, there's some of them that get a little uh, questionable as far as lyrically where where they were trying to go with that what may have what what caused that rabbit hole that they went on to land at the christmas carol that they ended up with do you think do you think happiness back in the day was actually just sad uh it may turn out to be that was that just was what being happy uh, was yeah. back in the day being happy was just the times you forgot how sad you were <laughs> it's it gets bad but before we get there What's your favorite Christmas song? Oh, surprise for, for those of that I think we didn't say. Joe's hosting this episode. Yes. Um, my favorite one. Um, see, off the, I mean, you're talking like traditional Christmas song. Yes. Okay. Um, I have some not so traditional ones, but that's later. But don't you dare mention Mariah Carey. No. Don't bring up her name. No, that's probably what uh, what the I think the beginning and ending of the universe is probably. <laughs> <laughs> there was an explosion, and then they heard the you. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely going to be the ending sound. It's just that that piano stinger, and then just the world's going to go. And instead of like the purge noise, I expect to hear the. That's going to start the purge every year. Christmas. Uh, um, that made me hurt just that little bit. I apologize. <laughs> no, there's a Muppet song that I really like. But I think of traditional Christmas songs, I am specifically just because I enjoy the sounds of a, uh, a blender trying to sing Christmas songs. Uh, Bob Dylan's version of Do You Hear What I Hear? Mm. Which... If you haven't heard it, this is probably the best promotion that that album is going to get because Bob Dylan, this is like not young Bob Dylan. This is like maybe a couple years ago, old Bob Dylan trying to hit some high notes. It's very unique ways. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, Bob Dylan singing a Christmas song. It's, It's really not that far from that. Like when you think of christmas music <laughs> like uh just rustic and uh a, a real girth to your voice isn't the things that come to mind when you're thinking christmas music girth to your voice oh yeah he's got a girth to his voice i was gonna say a maybe a garbage disposal you <laughs> and just... i <laughs> oh, god well whether your favorite, <laughs> I highly recommend it. It'll make you like. I I, I, sh- I introduced that to my grandparents because I was like, "There's two you need to listen to: is the Bob Dylan Christmas album and then the Neil Diamond Christmas." Yeah, album. yeah, for two completely different reasons. The Neil Diamond. Oh, that his isn't even really that bad. It's just like Neil Diamond mannerisms have like 
I don't know, exponentially become, I don't know. There's a very specific way Neil Diamond sings. And for the record, can't stand Bob Dylan, never have liked him. Love Bob, uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, can't stand Bob Dylan. Love Neil Diamond. Uh, I love him. as much metal as I listen to. Uh, I am. I said comes on. I'm like, this is what the heaviest song I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's got that like he's from New York, so he's got that foie like when he's yeah. Do you hear what I hear? It's so good. <laughs> Way up in the cloud, shepherd boy. Well, as far as do you hear what I hear is concerned. <laughs> Whether your favorite is Neil Diamond, Bob Dylan, Gloria Baker, Mm, okay, little Bing Crosby, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's my favorite. I mean, you can't go, you can't go much better than Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby is like the Metallica of Christmas. Like he had White Christmas, and then he had, and then anything he touched afterwards, he really was like, ah, it's a tall. I think he is the voice of Christmas. I mean. Bing Crosby, probably. Yeah. But as far as do you hear what I hear, what do you think that that song might have been about? Um, There's a lot of, you know, a star dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. Well, it's it's supposed to be about the birth of Jesus. Yeah, it could be. Uh, Well, all right. Well, uh, well my interpretations are basically it's like um, a sheep talking to its shepherd. Uh, You know, that's pretty trippy. Yeah, and then it's the shepherd talking to the king, um, like this, like this kind of like telephone of information getting to the yeah. king. So, um, yeah, it, it's just basically about the uh, the birth of Jesus, and then uh, then the king being like, you know, a child, a child sleeps in the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I yeah. could see how one could think that. Oh my god, is it something different? <laughs> um, a star dancing in the night. Most people could maybe even rightly maybe i mean you could assume that that would be like the north star leading to you know the yeah 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 the barn where jesus was was born mary did you know but uh this song was made in 1962 i thought it was older no wow i really thought it was older it was written by gloria baker and noel regney and uh I don't know if you can rem- you have any memories of 1962. It was during the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis. No. What? Well, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that is when the Cuban Missile Crisis happened. But are these two tied together? That is the exact year that the Cuban Missile Crisis happened in okay. October uh, 16th to the, through the 29th of uh, 1962. And uh, Regney, the composer, once explained that on route to my home, I saw two mothers with their babies in strollers. The little angels were looking at each other and smiling. That inspired the first line of the song that said, said the night wind to the little lamb. Aww. And, you know, um, Gloria Baker also talking about because of the fearful mood of the nation at the time, she and Regney had heard at a hard time singing. Do you hear what I hear without crying because of that song kind of causing some feuds and definitely setting a different tone in the atmosphere of, of during the Cuban missile crisis. That's a kind of 
that was a a lot to go on. Hmm. Like, I'm not saying that it's directly correlated, but I'm not saying it's not either. Hmm. So, like, the emotions are kind of what fueled the kind of what fueled the lyrics to that song. Yeah. A star in the sky with a tail as big as a kite. I don't know. Might be a missile. I don't know. Oh, uh, I guess I guess it's really hard to rhyme things with Castro. <laughs> <laughs> with the tail as big. <laughs> Let's jump Christmas songs over to Have You Heard a Merry Little Christmas? Which is a great song sung in the movie uh, Meet Me in St. Louis by Miss Judy Garland. Mm, okay. Uh, the movie was about characters, um, about their last Christmas in their home before they moved. And, you know, that kind of sad, you know, it's, let's have ourselves a merry little Christmas because it's the last one we're going to have here. It's like the, like the family before everyone grows up and goes their separate ways? Yeah, kind of okay. like that. All right. And so... Apparently, Mike is really hot. Um, apparently, the original lyrics that was written, the song was originally written by Hugh Martin. He wrote it and throw it out. Uh, he just didn't think that it had any use for anything. Like all the lyrics or just this particular lyric? No, the entire song. He just threw it away and was like, I, I, I don't think I can use that for anything. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. um, it wasn't until his assistant, Ralph Blaine, said to give, an, uh, give it another chance. And the song began with the melody, said the songwriter, Hugh Martin. I liked it, but I couldn't make it work. So I played with it for two or three days and then threw it in a wastebasket. But his collaborator, Ralph Blaine, heard it and recognized Martin was mad to throw it out we dug around the wastebasket and found it and thank the lord we did because it came turned into this song that was to be in this movie and then one of the main christmas carols we listened to but it actually went through several revisions before actually becoming a part of the movie sung by judy garland because mm. it was so dang sad the first go around I almost think that like, uh, I mean, it, it's all in the way that you sing it. It's like, yeah. uh, I wouldn't, well, I guess not. Um, I guess it's the, the green day thing. Yeah. The time of your life. It's like, have yourself a merry little Christmas. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's like, are you, are, are you saying something to me right now? It's like, are you being an asshole? It's like, no, I said, have a merry little Christmas. You filthy animal. I mean, it's, it's very, very sad. And to compare and contrast, I actually have the uh, Frank Sinatra version, which Frank Sinatra did uh, a rendition of it after the movie, which actually is what brought it most of its fame. Because uh, he even revised it from the movie's version to make it even <laughs> more, you know, happy, go lucky Christmas song. So the lyrics that we know today have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart. Be light. From now on, our troubles are out of sight. It's so cheerful and joyful. The original lyrics were, 
Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. <laughs> Next year, we may all be living in the past. Especially when you read it like that, it just sounds horrible. But sounds, I, sounds like a threat. It really does. And, of course, they also added a lot of words for the Frank Sinatra version, so it's a lot longer than the original. Um, but, oh my gosh, like, what was it? Just want to have like guns cocking in the background. It could be your last. <laughs> the lines, uh, faithful friends who are dear to us, gather near to us once more. Through the years, we will all be together if fates allow. <laughs> Hang a shining star upon the highest bough. That's from the, the That's, song that we know. Right, right, right. Uh, the original was... Faithful friends who were dear to us will be near to us no more. <laughs> but at least we will all be together if the Lord allows. From now on, we will have to muddle through somehow. It's so dark. It's just so dark. We will have Christmas if God allows it. That's basically the tone of the original writing. And enjoy your grandmother's eggnog. She's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. So is it is there just like in like the, the, the bar, like the staff notes for like the actual sheet music, does it just say music is just like one sad violin the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> I should. I would like to see that movie. Actually, um, actually includes people crying to you know to the beat. God, and to the fact that it was redone twice. You know, it was too <laughs> sad for Judy Garland, and then it was uh. still too sad for Frank Sinatra, who quote said to uh, Martin, "Sprinkle a little festive joy on it." <laughs> I don't want to be known as the bummer guy. Yeah. Yeah, with Frank Sinatra singing, it's practically in a different key to a uh, different uh, time meter to begin with. Sinatra's all over the place. Like he he has mm. his own style, and there's there's charm in the way that he did things. But like he, I was watching a guy. Um, I wish I looked. I remembered his name, but he's a he's a jazz pianist on YouTube. Blonde haired guy with a beard, but he breaks down a lot of. Um, uh, a lot of songs and he was talking about the, the two differences and the, the one he was talking about was a uh, buble versus a uh, frank sinatra um and he was like okay listen to how buble sings it and buble is like you know he so let's just use this song you know have yourself a merry little christmas like he's he's mm -hmm. on i'm not doing buble impression that was terrible but yeah. the point is is he's on the 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 time you know he's, he's right on the bar you know, on the one to he's he's really keeping to that uh, meter. Frank Sinatra is just have yourself, Mary Lou Christmas. <laughs> he'll yeah, he'll hold yeah. things and then move things fast, or he'll just hold things for extra long measures, and the band would just have to figure it out. I think it was, it was great. I think honestly, if you took the original lyrics, put it about fifty BPM, and got Matt Heafy to sing it, oh yeah. As long as he doesn't do that low voice. No, thing. no. All low. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. He needs, Christmas. To, he needs to stop trying to do the low voice. Yeah. Because he has, he has everything else. And well, he does everything else 
pretty damn good. His highs. That's are why. Good. That's why he needs to stop Have because yourself. his highs are so damn good. He needs to quit it with the other stuff. It he just doesn't, like you like, could do this so well. Why are you even trying to do that? It's like why? Because the Twitch thing's cool. Like his Twitch stream thing, I think is really yeah. really cool. Yeah. But there's some there's some choices he's made. Um, I don't know. He's doing stuff on the fly too, because he's not doing it to like you know. It's not meant to be professionally. Yeah. Like professional yeah. Sounding. It's it's there to have fun with the chat. And if you look at it that way, of course. Yeah. You got to quit being nitpicky with it. But there's there's vocally where he tries to do this uh, Peter Steele typo negative thing. Where, I mean, I have a deep voice and I can't do it. Yeah. My voice is like, I don't have the range of Matt Heafy, but I know for a fact my voice is lower than his and I still can't do Peter Steele. Yeah. Um, so just don't. Your voice isn't made to do that, yeah, man. It's not. Because he not. did like uh, the Barbie song. Like, uh, I'm oh my a, gosh. I'm a Barbie girl <laughs> in a Barbie world. Like he's doing. For those who don't know what we're talking about, that is an exact spot on personation. He's he's like, I don't know. It's like the equivalent of like for those who are, I'm not a vocal. I'm not really a vocalist. But I kind of do background stuff, but understanding it from like a voice acting perspective, it's like being on like the tippy toes of your range, just the low end. Because mm, yeah. like where you have some people that can sing really really high, they have no lows and vice versa. Unless you you're gifted with this super wide range which matt heafy has but he's trying to sing out of it and it's it shows and it shows that he's straining because he can't yeah. like it's it, don't bro come on man come on you're in one of the best metal bands out there yeah <laughs> stop it stop it well moving along sorry to uh white christmas okay which i do actually really like this song i mean especially the bing crosby and frank sinatra versions i really do like white christmas Ooh, that's a tough call like whose would be better i mean bing crosby's is obviously the like immediately iconic one yeah um i do tend to lean more towards frank sinatra though yeah if i have to choose myself but this originally uh written by irving berlin right and sung by bing crosby in 1942 White Christmas is officially known as the best-selling single worldwide. I believe it. Like Guinness Book World Record holder. Yeah. It's like Happy Birthday. It's like it's like those kind yeah. of like, it's kind of those songs like that where are the ones that are going to be like the permanent like you you think of the Beatles and Michael Jackson and mm -hmm. Taylor Swift and it's like nah, they got nothing on White Christmas or Happy Birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's too iconic to, right to beat. That song but, will live in perpetuity. That song will last literally, I think, forever. Yeah. Everything, the Beatles, Michael, again, those people I listed, Metallica, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, all of those people will fade to dust. But yeah. through the mountaintops, you will hear White Christmas. Because uh, I don't think anywhere, anyone else is going to come close to over 50 million copies sold worldwide. Of one, just one song. Yeah. Because when he also like to break it down, too, when you hear millions of copies, that's also other songs on that. So like all of those millions of you know streams and copies sold, you have to split amongst like like a ten song album, whatever. That's fifty million of one song, and that's mm -hmm. not streaming. That's sold. Yeah, that's album like sold. physical copies. That's insanity. Yeah. <laughs> Which and, I mean, that's and, the thing though. It's not going to get old. No, it's you put it on during Christmas. You it's do it every year. It's a standard. Yeah. You, the only time once you get it, 
you don't got to get a new one till that one breaks because for playing it so long despite uh its popularity like there's not a lot that people like knew about white christmas and where it came from um berlin's daughter says that she doesn't even know where or when her father wrote it ah so obviously it's a pact with satan yes <laughs> a robert johnson situation um but Actually, it turns out that it was originally written for a Broadway musical um, about American holidays that was just never produced. And so that's why it's kind of hard to find more information on it. But okay, Paramount Pictures picked it up, the idea, and turned it into a Holiday Inn, turned it into Holiday Inn starring Ben Crosby and Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. Astaire. Yeah, Fred Astaire. He's like um, Gene Kelly. And Fred Astaire were like the two big dancers, like the mm. um, back when tap dance was your big thing. And uh, well, you're, you know, in movies like um, West Side Story and uh, Singing in the Rain, yeah, Singing in the Rain's uh, Gene Kelly, mistake. Okay, and Gene Kelly was like a borderline like Olympic athlete with how he was. He was very yeah. very physical with how he did things. Like he did the whole Singing in the Rain routine. He did it in one take with like 102 feet. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was really sick when he did that, but he did it in like, I think they'd say they did it like under like 20 takes and he did it all. in. it's a long routine. I mean, if you tried to do that routine, you'd be out of breath and he's got to be like happy and singing the whole time. Um, not to mention having a fever, but Fred Astaire was like the, the yin to the yang to that. And Fred Astaire was a very ethereal kind of, he didn't do these really big physical moves, but he was more, he was more akin to Michael Jackson in the way like, Maybe not so like poppy and stuff, but his moves were so fluid. Yeah. And he was like, he was the, uh, um, putting on the Ritz is that one of his big movies. He's usually mm-hmm. the guy with the, the top hat and like the, the long coated, uh, coattails and stuff. Yeah. Um, man, I love coattails. Yeah. But putting on the Ritz. Yeah. It's, he's, it's, Fred Astaire's a good dancer. He's really cool. But as, as far as, uh, White Christmas is concerned, there is so much on white christmas like that it could be its own episode the meaning of irving's white christmas irving didn't celebrate christmas because he was from a religious standpoint he was a russian jewish immigrant okay so christmas wasn't really a thing to him right uh in an interview with npr irving's daughter explained uh father's experience as an immigrant in america led him to conclude that christmas was not as much a religious holiday as a cultural one quote as a russian jewish immigrant when he came to the united states christmas was an american holiday to him and he says that it was like every american holiday it was a fresh new experience i can kind of see where he's coming from I think there's a lot of like not so necessarily religious people that do like I mean there's got to be tons that do Christmas you know yeah doing their own special ways I mean a little bit of religion I mean it's, for us uh, needs to a little bit of religion in it but um the act of like giving and spending time with your family and stuff I mean you can call it whatever you don't have to call it that Christmas but like exchanging gifts and stuff and the tree and all that I mean I mean if you really wanted to get serious about it it's it's all pagan <laughs> it's, um, you'll, it's something you'll Sturgis day or Festivus. It's something like that, but it's a, it's, it's originally a pagan thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and we stole it on the 25th because December 25th, I think is a solstice. I think it's mm. the fourth solstice or something like that. 
which is a significant of why the 25th was the day that it was. It's something about where the planets are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, we just, you know, just kind of came in and stole that like everything else. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't imagine, especially, I think my favorite like Christmas holiday take from a different country is definitely German. Yeah. Yeah. Krampus. Krampus. Love it. Well, that's not all. I mean, that's, that's certainly an aspect of it, but yeah. I, I do. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, Krampus is pretty cool. I got some cool artwork actually from, uh, um, oh, uh, oddities, the odd, uh, curiosities yeah. and oddities yeah. convention. Um, where this guy like drew it and it's like this, like part of a monster hunters manual or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The concept of Krampus, like I'm kind of surprised, um, with especially some of the early like American folktale stuff that there's not like a, that it wasn't a bigger thing here. Maybe it was in the beginning, but it kind of like died off cause it's unpleasant. You don't really do unpleasant things for long. Yeah. And I know, um, especially if being in a different country and experiencing like, uh, different countries, cultures, way of celebrating things mm-hmm. can definitely be, just unnerving and like strange when you first arrive yeah jarring even i mean culture shock is a thing but even more so for uh irving uh because he knew december 25th actually is the day that his son passed away in 1928 when his son was only eight weeks old oh yeah um started a yearly tradition with irving and his wife rosen uh, visiting their son's grave every Christmas morning. Oh, that just puts a whole different tone on the. Yeah, that's terrible. Some say that White Christmas was written as an homage to his son and the dream of the Christmases he could have had with him if he was still alive. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that's why that first line, "I'm dreaming of a White Christmas," just kind of takes a different, different meaning. Yeah. So if you were sitting there and just. Wanted to put on some Phantom Jukebox in front of the fire on Christmas Day. Sorry if we're ruining all your favorite songs. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the kinds I used to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who knew metal song? Uh, sorry, Christmas songs are so metal. <laughs> that, that is pretty metal. That's a, that's a Gojira move. Oh, my God. If Gojira. I would trust go of all the metal bands. I would trust Gojira to write a good Christmas song. I bet you they could. Yeah, you're welcome, fellas. Get on it. They don't even have to perform it. Yes, they do. Like I, yes, they do. I could just you. Who, could, who else could perform a song that Gojira wrote? No, no, no. I'm saying Joe DePlantier could literally just write a song for a an artist, and it would be way better on their Christmas album, like than something that they would have written themselves. But I want them to play it in the style of like, <laughs> I don't know, whales. Yeah, <laughs> flying whales. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Prey. Lowland. No, is it Lowlands are stranded. One of those. Two oh yeah. <laughs> Silvera. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Damn, that would be heavy. Yeah, it would. Yeah, okay. I think it like legit, like not even like writing a parody Christmas song. I'm talking about like you're probably right. Like, 
like the true meaning of Christmas or something like that, or just call it like snow or it's just, it's just got like a single word name. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, the song's just called Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> and what it does. Christmas whales. Taking a shift from a, a very sad, uh, I mean, I was revelation so many of cocaine that. jokes, and then you're yeah. just like, "Yeah, it's about his dead son." I'm like, oh, yeah, taking a a hard Oof. turn from sad into maybe just as sad. Um, walking in a winter wonderland. Uh, this song is originally had nothing to do with candy canes at Christmas, but about romance. Okay, I mean that's that's not too far from the stretch. All right, yeah, walking in a wonderland. It's talking about a couple just walking through the snow and. You know, all of the Christmassy things that that entails, walking as a couple together. Uh, written, written by Richard B. Smith as a poem during the Great Depression in 1934. This originated as a poem about a couple imagining walking through the perfect Christmas paradise. Which it still sounds like, if yeah. reading some of the lyrics. At the time, though, the... At the time of writing this poem, Richard was suffering from tuberculosis, which was the most common cause of death in the 19th century. Oh, man. Is it the olden days without a little TB? Yeah. Especially without tuberculosis, they say we wouldn't even have, we wouldn't have Dracula. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, because Bram Stoker basically like took him, because basically TB was, I think, like you'd look gauntly and, pale and you're like a walking corpse and they say like that helped him i think he hung out in graveyards and stuff (laughs) why is dracula not like the christmas mascot then i think he was irish Mm. irish or scottish like he's was he really i think so wow Um, i'm gonna double check that before people get mad at me um Richard wrote about the perfect about the perfect world that he wanted to escape with his wife Jean that he was married to in 1930 for being diagnosed with tuberculosis in 1931. Oh. He then showed the poem to his friend Felix Bernard, who was touched by the piece and then set out to compose a melody to go along with it and make it into the song we know and love today. Before Smith, um, before Richard Smith finally passing away in 1935. Yeah, to come out of the Great Depression with a song like that, especially not only was he imagining that Wonderland, but I think everyone at that time was just like kind of hoping for that a, a picture perfect paradise to kind of escape to than what they were living through at the time. Yeah, any any kind of escapism to be. Yeah, yeah I guess I can imagine. Yeah, especially during the holidays. Ooh, yeah, Great Dep- Christmas during the Great Depression. Here you go, Timmy. Here's a here's nothing, just yeah. like last year. <laughs> yeah. You get more food though, cause your brother died. <laughs> oh, Bram Stoker, uh, Bram Stoker is Irish, so ah, yes. Right. Moving on to the song "Oh Holy Night." In. 1843, so currently this is the uh, uh, earliest song we have on our list. A parish priest of Rockenmere, I think is the pronunciation of this word, um, in France. Rock, Rockway, 
Moir. Dakota knows more France than I do. More, more France. France. Dakota knows more France. Got more of that fancy I France. Speech. I don't know as much France as the others. Uh, he's a winemaker who wrote poems as a hobby and was not a published author. Um, Placide Capu. I'm going to assume that's how you say it. Because it's C-A-P-E-A-U. C-A-P-E-A-U. That is Capu. Capu. Right? That's Capu. Dang diggity. <laughs> dang diggity. Uh, uh, he was contracted to write a poem for the Christmas Mass by the French Catholic Church. So he's just, you know, your average... Fun. Your average winemaker uh, and poem hobbyist that is getting a request from the French Catholic Church to write a poem for Christmas Mass. While en route to Paris, uh, by coach, he began his creative process by imagining himself at the birth of Jesus. As one does. As one does. His spirit became inspired, and before Placide, yeah, Placide, arrived at his destination, O Holy Night was finished. I don't need a second draft. I've got, I've got Jesus on my side. Yeah. He got there. It was done. Uh, thinking it would be more powerful set to music, he asked his friend, Adolf Charles Adams. Run of the thin ice there with the Adolf. Yeah. <laughs> it was early. This was before Adolf Hitler. So people didn't know yet Tiny not must- to name your kid Adolf anymore. Tiny mustache included or... I'm hoping he was clean shaven. Let's just hope he was clean shaven. Full beard except for right under the nose. Oh, yeah. He had a chin beard. Complete reverse Hitler stash. Yeah, he just had the chin strap, no mustache. <laughs> um, yes, thinking that would be more powerful set to music, he asked his friend Adolf Charles Adams for the song in 1947 and started setting it to music. And in eighteen in nineteen forty seven, it was set. Right. No, in eighteen forty seven, not nineteen forty seven. <laughs> it was set to music and performed at the Christmas Mass service for the church. The song quickly spread through Europe like wildfire. They loved it. France loved it. Europe loved it. The France loved it. Yeah, the France, the Italy's. The Germans, they all loved the song. Um, until uh, certain people started not liking the song anymore, and that was the French Catholic Church. <laughs> they just... It's, they, it is overplayed. <laughs> he became the Mariah Carey. Oh, of, no. And, oh, no. It has nothing to do with the song itself. It has everything to do with the two who wrote and composed it. Oh, did their Twitter feeds get leaked and they got canceled or what uh, happened? Basically. <laughs> the the 1847 equivalent. Yes. They got canceled. The church realized. I didn't realize Amber Heard has lived this long. <laughs> the church realized that Adolf Adams was Jewish. Oh, and no. And the French Catholic Church ain't a fan of the Jews. Oh. <laughs> And they also realized that Placide Capu had turned socialist. 
which also did the biggest not crime sit, of them all did not sit right with the French Catholic Church. No, uh, the song actually is ended up getting banned by the church. It's too heavy. Yeah. Ten years later, John Dwight heard the carol and translated it to English, publishing it as "Oh Holy Night," the beloved Christmas carol we know today. <laughs> Separate the art from the artist. Yeah. It's kind of the Michael Jackson problem, isn't it? <laughs> oh, this song's great. Billy Jean's cat. Oh, Michael Jackson's questionable history. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Ah, mm. The song is fire, though. <laughs> oh, holy night. God damn, it's stuck in my head. You want the things you can't have. <laughs> Damn socialists, but they can write a catchy tune. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I I really love some Michael Jackson music. I can. I do, dude. I do, too. I. Oh, man. A future episode for sure, but I don't know when because I need, I need my. If, I don't know. I think if, I need more time under my belt before we approach that topic. Oh, if we if we get a little bit more, if my voice was back to normal, oh, I would have been singing some on the way here. I love, I can, ah, love Michael Jackson. So how do you think they like, can you imagine the moment like when the Catholic church like found out or like, how do you think they found out? Cause he would know that he like being Jewish and a socialist and trying to get money from the Catholic church, which by the way, if you're wondering, why would he do that being those things? Where else are you going to make that kind of money? Yeah. I mean, it's also really, I mean, he, he reached out to his friend who is the Jewish composer. Okay, and yeah, yeah. so he, he, his, his friend was just like, Oh yeah, I'm not writing in the lyrics. I ain't got a picture of myself in front of Jesus. I don't think that's the way it works though. I think that there's, cause there's a legit, like what, what time period we're talking? 18. Yeah. 1847 and 43. Ah, man. I think uh, that wouldn't have, I think he would, there was still a, a huge fear of like the Catholic church. Mm. Especially, I mean, we're ways away from that's the Crusades. True. That's true. But um, I'm sure there was this huge fear of like, you know, don't, don't fuck around with the Catholic church, especially yeah. if they don't want you there. So I imagine like, it's one of those deals where like he could make a lot of money and it's like, who's going to know. And it's like, well, they're going to find out. And I just didn't know. Maybe yeah. they'll find out that soon, but maybe know. that is a good question. Do you think that maybe like it just reached certain years and they're like, you said who wrote it? Yeah. I went to school with that guy. He's not Catholic. Oh yeah, you know I mean? he wasn't even a, a devout like churchgoer. Neither of them were, and so he kind of just like showed up sometimes, and uh, eventually was asked by the Catholic Church, "Is like, hey, write us a poem." Weird. <laughs> I mean, how did you find out that that's my hobby? Like, he wasn't a professional poem writer either. He wasn't an author. He was just like, oh, I'm a winemaker. Oh, you want me to write you a poem? Uh, okay. That's like the equivalent of, I don't know, just think of like your, like, I don't know, so if you want to expand it, like, you know, there's like a community center or like your local government found out that you're like, I don't know, you paint in your spare time. Yeah. And they're like, hey, do you think you could paint us like a, a picture that we can hang and sell for charity at the local community picnic? And they're like, yeah, sure. I'll do it for you. 
and then you do it and then yeah. they're like wait a second um you liked the new game of thrones season <laughs> oh we're gonna have to kill you <laughs> yeah it's just like there's just something about you know, oh you you just oh so you don't you just work in this county you don't live in this county <laughs> you yeah know, something something kind of ridiculous like, like that. that and then then they try to like kill you for it Do they try to like kill him or they just tried to like no they just ban it ban it uh, it's like we don't associate with this anymore <laughs> we brought it the fame i see they were trying to take it back they're trying to backstep a little bit catholic church got soft exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> we are on the state put us on the on the stands saying that we think the catholic church is indeed very soft. soft. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along to <laughs> my favorite uh, of the stories, not really of the songs. I think Oh Holy Night has a great score, and I, I actually do really like the music behind the song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Jingle Bells uh-huh. has right. a little bit more going on than you would than you would think. Other than being like a song you would use to like torture people? Of Jingle Bells, how much do you know of the song? Like how much lyrics can you think of in your head? Quite a bit, yeah. Jingle Bells, Jingle first? Bells, Jingle All the Way. Oh, what fun is she riding when it's open say, hey, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. Okay, go yeah. The, yeah, you got it. think through this now. One horse I would say, yeah, there's the field we go. Laughing all the way. Ah. Okay, yeah, that's all. That's all. The first verse. <laughs> I did that to see if I could get to connect back up. I did. <laughs> you got the first verse and the first chorus, and everyone knows that it stops there. <laughs> no, is this like the- there's more to this song? <laughs> so, is it? Is it that like we're just like nah. Uh, too long didn't read weird exactly that's exactly <laughs> what it is <laughs> leave it to america <laughs> for some reason it's just it there's a there's a verse uh, it there it goes into the chorus god and then we all just stop singing god bless america then we all just agree that you know what the rest of it not needed just who needs the rest of that anyway <laughs> there's a whole Another verse. It's like uh, it's like a uh, Romeo, Romeo, blah blah blah. They stab each other. They're dead. The end. That's Romeo and Juliet. Next, <laughs> Hamlet. I killed your father. You like your mom. They're both dead. You're dead. Hamlet. <laughs> Too long to read. There's a second verse to this jingle bells that oh, we have man. been sleeping on. So, I feel like. <laughs> do, do you have why we gave up on? I do not. No, I didn't find why. We never sing the rest of it. And I think it's mainly because it's just, I don't think it made the cut, really. I, I don't think that people just, people sing the first verse and first chorus and like, you know, that's enough of that. Once they get to the end of the first chorus, they're like, you know, it really doesn't need to keep going. Like it does, but it shouldn't. And then if, like, the one person knew all the extended lyrics, you just look at them like a sociopath. Yeah, exactly. And you're about to. So. Yay. I can't wait to be that guy. This second verse. All right. A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride. As soon as Miss Fanny Bright 
was seated by my side. Amy. Yes. The second verse, there's a female that joins him. Oh. Let's see what happens next, shall we? I suppose. <laughs> all of a sudden, Jingle Bells got so spicy all of a sudden. The horse was lean and lank. Glad you added the uh, S-E to that. I was a little worried. The horse. <laughs> <laughs> was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. The fuck? Yeah. We got into a drifted bank, and then we got upsought. I'm guessing they got tossed out of this horse and carriage. It sounds, yeah, it sounds like a sot, you said? Upsot. 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 I'll Google that for you while you continue. We got upsot, and then it just... Com- it just, you know, com- repeats the, uh, the, or the choruses again. And then it goes on to say, in the third verse, I'm guessing Upsat is like uh, uplifted, upthrown. Uh, something of that. Misplaced. To strain up, to seek or strain upward. Hmm. Not really sure if that even... Yeah, so they tip or overturn. Yeah, yes. so they got flung out of the. Yeah, they the horse, you know, took a turn, hit a bank, and then just got. They, they got I overturned. If I lay here, if I lay here. <laughs> <laughs> and the third verse goes on to go, and this is the final verse. Now the ground is white, and so while we're, and go, go it while you're young. If my I can word properly, take the girls tonight and sing the slaying song. Just get a bobtailed bay, twenty two forty as his speed. Hitch him to an open sleigh and crack. You'll take the lead. He's giving people advice on how to slay after just getting in a crash in a sleigh. Read the second, the second verse one more time. The the second verse. Yeah, 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 yeah. A day or two ago, Uh I thought I'd take a ride. And soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. We got into a drifted bank, and then we got upsought. Right, so they got a bad horse. So he's tell. I guess he's telling them how to get a good Mm, horse. Get a good horse. Life is all about the horse. It's all about the horse you take and just go on after it. That's what the real message is here. Choose your horse carefully. That's, I think, a lesson we can all learn here today. Choose your horse carefully. He never speaks again about Miss Fanny Bright in the song, so I I just think she died. I was kind of wondering if he's like on the ground white, is that he's saying? Yes. I was wondering if he was going to say, and now pooling red. (laughs) basically winding up like bruce wayne's parents just i would i would love to write more to this song but i can't stand the melody itself which is why i would rather yeah yeah which is why i would rather just read it as an increasingly more german as i read uh you know monotone kind of voice the ground is right now the ground is white. Go to it while you're young. Unfortunate seemed his lot. It's just... I can't believe that there's more. It's rounds time. 
it slowly just goes from Turns a Christmas carol into Ramstein. He would absalt. It's Jingle all the way. I'd buy that album. You know what? What else? What else can Rammstein shock us with other than coming out with like a Christmas album? It's like imagine it like actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Except for like one song is done in the style of Rammstein. The rest of it is just German versions of classic. <laughs> On like acoustic instruments too. Yeah. Except for the one, just just in the middle to throw. Just throw you for a fucking loop and then just go. <laughs> it's like the interlude for like a heavy metal album, you know, that has yeah. that one song in the middle that's like soft and it, you know, they take a break to yeah, the, the sorbet get you back, you the know, sorbet palate cleanser. Yeah, exactly. It's the opposite of that is the one <laughs> track on there that's just balls to the wall the entire Stay time. Stay awake. Stay awake. Stay awake. Fanny. <laughs> now I think I can quickly touch on my two uh honorable mentions. Okay. Um the song Baby It's Cold Outside. Controversial nowadays. So controversial now. It's actually is banned in a couple of radio stations across the country. <sighs> yeah, I'm not and surprised. Honestly, until I saw the music video, now I'm really not surprised. That is I really, I mean, there's, it's playful to me, that song. Because originally I was like, what is everybody talking about? You know, it's, it, it kind of sounds like a couple, yeah. couple playing. And there's one line that I'm like, and she's like, what's in this drink? <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, hold on. <laughs> what, what? What's it? The original music Bill video? Bill, is that you? Yeah. Oh, God. No. Nine. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> I feel lightheaded. <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. Baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> but like the original music video. I really can't stay. It's it's real bad. Like it is really bad. Who did the music video? I don't I don't remember. I just I you know, saw what year is it from? It's old. I didn't write a lot of these down. These are just honorable mentions. There's not okay, a lot okay, of notes okay. here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But the original music video, the guy is like grabbing her arm, like Ugh. actually like whole hand around, whole bicep, <laughs> grabbing his, the, her arm, like he's singing the whole song over and team. over again. Yeah, it is. She, I really can't stay. Baby's cold outside. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean, it's bad. Oh, that uh, that lighthearted nineteen uh, fifties abuse fun. Yeah, there is there is also a song. That is from the UK that I honestly think we should bring over here because after taking a look through it, I actually kind of like it. It is a Christmas hymn sung overseas in the UK. Uh, here we come away sailing. And apparently the song is about um, like carolers would come up to the home of uh, Richard, the royals. Right. The peasants would go visit the royals and basically the royals would give them like coin and beer and food to keep them at bay. Trick so that they would please feed us. Yeah, it's like Christmas, but it's uh they would come up and like they would be get served by the royalty so they wouldn't revolt. The door opens and then the uh, the, the royalty is just like, ah yes, I thought I smelled shit at the doorstep. Yeah. 
Ah, oh, is that a flaming bag of turd or is that a peasant? <laughs> but the song itself actually talks about like there are some lines in here like we are not daily beggars that beg from door to door. We but we are your neighbor's children from whom you've seen before. Like it there it's a call to action. Got to love the British like Christmas stuff. They go oh, really yeah. just British like uh humor is usually pretty dark. Like yeah. at least like a, older like I love a lot of British like older British TV like uh, uh black books or uh IT crowd things like that. I guess I could say it's older now but ID crowd's almost 20 years old which is ridiculous but yeah, I mean there's lines talking about like pour us some beer, bring us some coin like or we'll fucking kill you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that's the overall tone of the song. <laughs> and what it was originally like meant as, like that was the original meaning behind the song was A yeah, warning. like or we'll revolt. It's like keep us appeased or uh you know, your house isn't up on a hill. It's right next to mine. <laughs> There's more of us than there are of you, yeah. Duda. <laughs> Last but not least, the worst and most horrifying Christmas song of all time. Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you. <sighs> song by, and I Googled this. Apparently this is a title of hers. Uh, Songbird, some cr- Songbird Supreme of Christmas Legend. Mariah Carey. Is that self-imposed? I do not know. But it sounds like something. It's somebody on, who really like you know how you can't pick your nickname? Yeah. And like if you gotta say like I'm the greatest, it's like nine out of ten means you're not. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like it's like it's probably something like the Rolling Stones said in a magazine one time and then it like stuck on because it's on our wiki page, it's on a couple of different other pages. Oh, I just wish, you know, I don't need a nickname. Yeah, I wish somebody would call me Songbird Supreme. There she is. Did somebody call me Songbird Supreme? I could live with that. The fact that she gets thawed out every year (laughs) just in time for you to remember that Christmas is next month. (laughs) She comes out from the cave. I love that meme. Just in time for you to remember that Christmas is next month. Oh, yeah. She comes out in October sometimes. And then gets just thrust back into hibernation in January. Just chills me to my very core. It does. You know, I think the uh, the second week of October, she peeks her head out of the cave. And if she sees her own reflection, she's going to come two weeks earlier that year. Two weeks earlier. Yeah. (laughs) God. We're up to like the second week of October now. Eventually, it's just going to start in January. Oh. By then, I think the world would possibly just try to blow itself up or like we just would be like okay that's it no more music <laughs> if it if it costs us all of our music not to have this yeah. song play anymore but you know like i don't love like to hear white christmas like i usually listen to it at least like probably what you can't avoid it more than um 10 times a year like you're gonna hear it even in passing in a store or something yeah. like that and yeah so i don't really ever actively listen to that song but when it comes on I'm never like, oh fuck. (laughs) That's me. Uh, But with um, what what song? White Christmas? No, no, no. With all it, all I want for Christmas is with with all I want for Christmas. Though, um, that's how I am with it at this point. And I, I don't think even now there can't be as many millions of 
Christmas, millions of downloads or whatever. Like, I don't think it can compete with White Christmas. No. At least with the fact that White Christmas is like, oh, and if anything, if it's a meme, it's like, oh, it's what your grandparents listen to. Mariah Carey is like, oh, that shit Christmas song that everybody likes for like joke reasons. I can't tell you how many the beginnings of All I Want for Christmas is You I've listened to to find funny uh, mashups oh, of it? people putting like their music with uh, All I Want for Christmas is You and it, it. There are some hilarious ones. You know what another hilarious version of that song is? Mm. Other worlds. Mm. You know what? It was a mistake. <laughs> Something that can make that song worse. Yoko Ono. Did she really? She didn't. Someone else. Someone did it in the style of Yoko Ono? No, no. Just took Yoko Ono screaming no. into a microphone <laughs> and just put the backing track to All I Want for Christmas is You. Dun, 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 dun. Ah! Yeah. If you haven't seen that video of Yoko Ono just screaming incoherently into at the a microphone, art show yeah yeah the saxophonist uh do yourself a favor and don't watch that stay away from anything that has yoko ono's name on it because horrible there's a thing i there's a clip i saw of um it's john lennon and chuck berry and yoko ono's on stage and they're all like there was a like a tv rec- it's a it's a video clip of it can't be that many of them but it's chuck berry John Lennon and Yoko Ono's in the background with the vocals and Chuck Berry and John Lennon are singing some classic, like it's probably a Chuck Berry song, but they're singing just like a, a standard or something like that. Right. And it's cool mm-hmm. because, Hey, it's John Lennon and Chuck Berry. Um, and Yoko Ono apparently was doing her thing. Like they're doing like a standard, like uh, Johnny be good. Da-da-da-da, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an awesome song. It's Chuck Berry. And then, uh, Yoko Ono is trying to do her. Ah! thing in the background and you see like chuck berry kind of like chuck that guy was an asshole mm. chuck berry was a monster person but he was very talented yeah and to be able to notice that and he doesn't drop a beat doing it because i think if i had seen that i would have probably like been like oh yeah i'm on stage you know playing bass or something like that screwing up but like he sees her doing her like because he can still hear her um but he does like this like yeah, kind of like wide-eyed, like his eyes open up and looks for a second. And he kind of looks at John, and he kind of looks off screen for just a second. He's like, fucking serious. <laughs> and then I think somebody caught wise of that, and they basically turned her mic off. Oh wow! Because she's in the background trying to do her screaming bullshit, and there's just nothing coming out of her. And then it's just John Lennon and Chuck Berry doing their thing. Yeah, um, as it should have been from the beginning. As it should have been from the beginning, but of course, this is probably post Beatles. Oh. Her just destroying destroying music and yeah in general but uh but i'm not quite as bad as yoko ono anything but uh other world's copy of all i want for christmas is pretty bad we uh we mm-hmm. thought it would be funny and uh we made a mistake <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm um, glad that you own up to that though oh no you can't was, there's nothing else you can do there's that no- was before i was in the band yeah. and i'm i apologize for not being there to talk you guys out of it you know what's funny is that we recorded that song and the joke is that the guitarist at the time quits like we had this whole deal like we go through the whole song and i was actually pretty proud of my bass parts i put onto it because i just like we just basically like came up with it mm. you know it's the song right but it, it's only like three chords you know it's it's a it's a pretty simple yeah. composition so you know 
I'm playing bass, and I was able to actually like you know kind of goof around quite a bit on bass because it's not anything that was meant to be. We we did it as a joke, but it could have. It's like telling a bear really really bad joke. Yeah. But, you know, so I'm kind of noodling and stuff on it during like this breakdown. And then while the, the breakdown is kind of building up because there's a music section um, uh, with no vocals and stuff, we thought it would be funny to like ask each other what we wanted for Christmas, which that part of it is probably the only yeah. like really good part. Because, you know, it's like, hey, Brandon, what do you want for Christmas? And we go back and forth and we get to the guitarist, which I'm not going to name. Um, and the joke is, is that we pick on him too much and he quits. And the funny part is he kind of got quit fired like a couple weeks later. <laughs> like, yeah, that was the last thing we recorded with him. And then that was, then he just kind of like, he was like, and he was more fired than quit. Yeah. But it was, that just kind of came to be because mm. he kind of turned into the person we were joking about in the song. Mm. Cause it was a joke. He was kind of like our little brother. We were like, just like picking on him. And then he made it real. Long story short, I'm yeah. glad you're here, Joe. Thank you. I wish you were. I wish you were glad here to be here, so Ty, that, so that we we didn't we didn't yeah. do that. Yeah, it's it so terrible. Yeah, I'm really sad though that I spent a lot of time on the visualizer for that. Mm. <sighs> spent a lot of time on the visualizer for that. <laughs> well, in conclusion to this episode, um, there is a lot of. I know a lot of people have. Um, some depressing times through the holidays and it's hard to get through uh, especially if you have some past trauma dealing with Christmas especially and there's a lot of songs that actually have some pretty like sad pasts yeah too that uh, you know became what the song is today trying to think of like a positive message to come from such horrible traumatic things that have happened to you that has got to be a difficult task but also a commendable task for the people who did write all these songs yeah yeah to actually like use their pain and kind of like mold it into this song that you know brings about joy in the holiday season you know i mean we're talking about it like after the fact but like there is a strange weight to songs like white christmas yeah um let's pick that one in particular like mm-hmm. that one um you know you see, we talked earlier that that was the the christmases he theoretically that he wished he yeah. had with his his son and it adds it makes it really really heavy on top of being just like a pleasant melody and you know a fun mm-hmm. thing to have in the background um no matter what version you hear but I, i've been wondering like maybe the hardship that a lot of those songs were written in, some of them written in World War One, Depression era, yeah. um, 1800s, anything. Um, there was a lot of like things they had to like overcome and deal with during that time, which added that emotional weight to stuff. And because yeah. I haven't, I haven't really found a Christmas song of of a new Christmas song that I think will become one of these like timeless classics. Like, uh, yeah, I, I just had, um, uh, me and Dakota decorated the place for Christmas a while ago. And, uh, we were, we had, we had a playlist playing in the background and he could Im- immediately tell which songs were like, you know, the ones that are standard, like, you know, Holly Jolly Christmas, white Christmas, Carol of the bells, Oh, Holy night, things like that. And then not to say it's a bad song, not to say it's a bad song, um, Sia's Candy Cane Lane came on. Mm. 
um, uh, Taylor Swift's got one that's not bad. Yeah. Um, she has the the, the old timey version of the song that I think actually sounds really good. I hope there's not like a poppy version of it because it would sound standard if it was poppy. But um, yeah, they, there's no there, there's no I guess gravitas behind like like staying power. I guess is what I'm looking for mm. with those. Like yeah. they're good, they're fine. Um, again, like I, I I really I know it's a dig. There's no way to get around it. It's kind of a dig, but I just don't see it lasting like white christmas or anything it's going to have not saying that i could write yeah. anything that could either but um i don't know I, whoever you know wh- whoever wrote those christmas songs if sia and taylor swift did because they're both songwriters yeah um taylor like, i don't know they, they certainly haven't gone through what that the person that wrote um white christmas went through or any of the other ones yeah that's true I'm not saying that all old songs are like equally good. I think Jingle Bells, excuse me, the the Jingle All the Way. I think that's a shit song. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean that all of them are are good, <laughs> but they're just there's certain ones that you don't cringe when you hear. Um, I mean, some of them are intentionally cheesy. Like Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Yeah, it's yeah. intentionally cheesy. It's 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 here because it was the the first of the cheesy Christmas songs. I think. Yeah. But um, other than that, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It'd be, it's got to be tough to follow and act like that. But also, that whoever writes the next Christmas classic, I would be very interested to know what a past they must have had yeah. to put that in there. What kind of shit they were going through at the time. Right. You know, because it seems like that's the theme of right. writing Christmas songs is, well, you got to go through, through some shit. Right. And then uh and not out of every, that. Not everybody has to go through like the depression to write a good song. I'm not saying that either, but I'm just saying with like more modern artists, um, it's I, I don't think they're trying that hard. It's like yeah, they kind of just wanted a Christmas album, so they wrote like kind of half assed a Christmas song. Well, and a lot of these I've seen too, uh poems. Just writing poems and then bringing in a composer to make it a song. Yeah. You know what I mean? is a seem like a pretty common narrative as well yeah um i honestly i i I don't really have enough experience with poetry to really comment on that other than yeah yeah i mean they're usually very potent lyrics usually or potent verses and they wouldn't even call them lyrics until they're a song but um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean with my limited experience of poetry i mean yeah a lot of it would cross over i mean songs are sung poems but in a very general sense i think yeah um yeah i mean that's those are the greats i don't think anything's really gonna pass it pass it no but i I would like to see some new ones for god's sake uh some new christmas songs get made to add to the playlist so it gets a little wider i think one of them one of my favorites is um the grinch song sung by yeah uh, yeah, sung by Thurl Ravencroft. Thurl Ravencroft. Thurl Ravencroft. Damn, that's a good name. Uh, he was amazing. He was an American, uh, American bass singer who's also the voice of Tony the Tiger. Oh, okay. They're great. Yeah, that guy for like thirty years, he was the voice of Tony the Tiger. Uh, but he was also like an American operatic singer, or that's how he trained himself. And he does the "You're a Mean One" 
Like, like he, that's, uh, that's him. That's not an effect. That's such by the a way. good version. Yeah. Um, that's not, that's his voice is that low. There's no effect put on his voice in that song. Yeah. Uh, he was incredible. And I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I've tried to hear other versions of that song and me being kind of biased, I guess, because I study him being an, another low voiced voice actor. Um, I am biased, but I haven't heard a better version than that yet. I've heard bass people try to do it, but Thurl will just sing it in the way he's singing because, because I'm a bass, right? But he's not like, yeah, there's a guy you introduced me to, um, or his channel, incredibly talented singer. Yeah. Um, but to me, he's kind of doing the gimmicky thing where he's like, I'm trying to sing every note as low as possible. Like, like, a, yeah. like a tenor would try to hit their highest note all the time. Um, Thurl didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. He just sang the song. He picked a key that was comfortable for him and he just hit the notes that needed to be hit at those points. Um, that guy, the, the one he introduced me to, I think he totally could if he dropped the gimmick thing and had a little bit of rest. Yeah, he's definitely coming from a, a acapella group type. Right. Like you're yeah. just, the whole like point is to show off. Right. And that's a totally different way of singing, but like he's him singing by himself now. Yeah. For the most part, I, I, his approach is, I don't know. I, I it's yeah. as it's not to my ear. It's not. It's not my taste. I guess you could say. I I understand that. But incredibly talented, that. incredibly talented. There yeah. was like that, like brr note. Like there's a note he hits that's like super super low, and it's like that's oh. really cool. If you could like organic, here's what it is. It's inorganically working it into a song, kind of like yeah, you're talking to somebody. It's like, hey man. What do you want to have for lunch? And then you're suddenly like, oh man, my bills are just terrible. It's like, I just, I just wanted to talk about lunch. Yeah. Can we, I don't want to, I don't want to talk. I mean, I'm sorry your bills suck right now, but can we get food? Maybe talk about <laughs> it. Is it a no? Cause your bills are so bad. Yeah. And it's just kind of forcing something you want to talk about into a conversation. Yeah. It's kind I of the equivalent that. for me. Cause I hear that and I go, okay, buddy. Okay. That's neat. Okay. All right. You know, you brought that. That's, that's cool. You can sit back at your desk now. Yeah. Thank you for showing the clay ass. Well, that's a, that's about it for all of, all of this, uh, Christmas special episode of the Phantom jukebox. What do you think? <laughs> I'm kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> There's, yeah. Sorry for ruining your Christmas songs, but. Well, they're not, I mean, for me, I mean, thank God there wasn't like a, a, a sad and twisted version of the Muppets Christmas Carol. Nope. I didn't want to go there. No. <laughs> well, I mean, Brian, uh, uh, Jim Henson did pass away like right after that movie was made, but yeah, just um, watch the movie. You know, there's, uh, there's parts of it that are sad enough. Side tangent. You know, they cut the best song out of that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a, there's a, you can find it online. But um, and I swear I've seen it. I think it's on my VHS still. But there was a, an edited version that came out in like the 90s. And this was after Test Audience said it was so sad. And it's without the song, there's scenes that don't make sense in the movie. And this mm. is when, when Michael Kind, uh, you know, get, get, he meets the Christmas of uh, the past. And he, uh, yeah, he goes back to his past. And this is when Bell tells him like you know you don't love me anymore basically mm -hmm. or she tells him you know i loved you once but you know it's i can tell it's never gonna work and they're supposed to get married and she tells him um uh it's a reprise 
of uh, you know the song that happens earlier on, and it's kind of it, it's it's kind of sweet because later on the song changes, the lyrics change to, um, instead of like losing a love, giving love to other people, like you know becoming mm, okay. a good man, screw yeah. just meant to become. Um, but it's it's sort of a duet between you know this is one this poor poor actress's shining moment. She's like a Broadway singer or something. Does this incredible job, and there's the scene when they're on like a little bridge over the water, and um, Michael Caine kind of like sings the last. He doesn't like sing, but he kind of like the whole deal is he's, he's so broken up he can't really sing anymore, but he's, he he remembers the scene yeah. vividly well, and like he's crying all of a sudden. The way they cut it is he, they he's just crying. She walks away from him, and they cut out this two minute section. What? of like this beautiful song that makes there's so much weight with that melody that happens later wow on. and you hear the song in the credits of the movie and you're like where was this and it's the, and then they removed it and you can find it still but um yeah it's like the best they took it out because uh kids thought it was too sad and i was like so is a christmas carol <laughs> yeah it's a really accurate uh it's a pretty damn good retelling of that story, you know, with the fluffy stuff thrown in, literally. But so is a Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Well, I mean, and now we have that on our list. That that fun fact I brought one. Fun fact of the Christmas Carol. <laughs> You're not even hosting this episode and you somehow managed to have your own addition. I just have a wealth of useless knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do math, but I can tell you. Almost to the date when they cut that song out. It's like 1994. <laughs> I, know, I know who Fred Astaire is, but I I have a hard time doing maths. Huh. Yeah, me too. I, I understand that. Shout out to the uh, shows we've been a part of lately. Yes. The Designated Quizzers, Latin Jukebox, and Happy Hour Podcast. We, I love being with all three of those. Um latin jukebox amazing guy he's he's definitely go check him out he's just like the purest person yeah real he, humble i feel bad kind of for it's like oh hey you're a really like nice chill dude here's like gojira here's gojira there you go do with that what you will here's mashuga <laughs> i'm a little more worried about mashuga to be honest yeah because we're gonna see him next he's just gonna be wearing like black a black shirt and just like yeah, I listen to a lot of uh, a lot of what you guys suggested. It's really open. <laughs> we just completely change him as a human being. It's, re- it's really opened my eyes. It's, it's like ones and zeros, but all the ones and zeros are sad. <laughs> sad matrix. And shout out to uh, Designated Quizzers and the Happy Hour Podcast. We were just a, a part of a live uh, with them not too long ago. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that's so so long ago. Oh, probably about a week or so too yeah about yeah. uh we were talking about uh the adventures of beer man and yeah towards the end of there though it got that's just all it became and a lot of laughs yeah um yeah there's so much fun um yeah quizzers like having them being on their show and then having them on our show this year doing the uh the uh, barnyard renditions of oh my gosh barnyard karaoke of some nonsense that we came up with. Well, even though this is the last episode of this year, season two will kick off officially January thirtieth, 
stay tuned because there will be much more of everything that we've done before that you liked uh, uh, and not a lot of what you didn't like. Uh, we'll try and, <laughs> we'll try and, you know, read some of the comments. Noted uh, comments. Yeah, noted. And uh, we'll definitely have uh, these other amazing podcasts on with us again. We'll probably be over there with them again oh, on yeah. their podcast. We there, love doing that. I don't know when, but there is a, uh, not to give the topic away just yet, but there there is already with happy hour, there's already a topic like I was talking to them about, um, but a famous, I will say a very famous 2000s like pop rock band mm. that everybody pretends to hate. And we want to know, you know, we kind of like want to figure out like why that was. And then I was talking to him about it. He's like, can we please God be on that episode? So we've <laughs> already, we're already in talks to have happy hour on. They okay. will be yeah. on at some point, hopefully more than once, uh, 2023. Um, we did a lot of metal in uh this in this past year, but yes, I think that was good for us to kind of get our feet wet, but uh very much want to explore other parts of the world, other mm. genres for sure, definitely still some metal topics to cover like there's um there's one cat in general for sure he's more of a punk rock guy, but um well, I think that's the reason why is because we've done a lot of metal because metal itself and the heavier rock just kind of leans more itself to have those weird things kind of happen. Right. It's it's hard to a little more out there. It's hard to be covering like conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And then like see metal and it's like, Hey, we're connected to Satan in some circles. Exactly. Like, I need to know more about this, but then again, so is blues. Um, but uh, definitely true. we've already got a classical story we want to talk about. Um, I really personally want to find some like crazy Japanese music stories. Ooh. There has got to be some. I yeah. very much like if uh, the audience out there um, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, however you need to find us, um, send us stories. Any of it doesn't oh, yeah. have to be just yeah, from yeah. Japan. That's, that's just what I really want to find um, personally. Uh, but uh, any cool stories from around the world because we want to globe trot, especially mm-hmm. um, you know around for uh, 2023 really kind of like expand the horizons and find just there's there's got to be some crazy like African music stories and which I know that there's like a uh, historical um, like genres of music in other parts of the world that are like just like the historical music of the people that were there first. Yeah, you know that in that country that'd be but cool there's also a lot of like uh just like indian metal which is pretty there is a lot cool. yeah there is a lot it's it's so weird like hearing i'm so used to like american and uh british and like european metal right but then when you go more east and you the, get into like eastern music scales yeah, and, and there's like semitones and stuff oh, like it's that it's so weird but it's so cool it's trippy it's really yeah, some of it's tough to some of it you gotta get a bit of a get of a um, a flavor for, um, but um, you know who I think across the pond that does metal right is like the Japanese and Korean metal bands. Mm. Yeah, especially with the bass lines. I oh my god, <laughs> like I I just I love them for that. Like specifically, like we're we're talking about the Chainsaw Man theme with uh, uh, Latin jukebox, um, the song Kickback. Yeah. It starts off with a badass bass line. It's it's yeah. it's a little more compressed than I would want. 
but it's 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 the bound to the bound and it just starts off like this whole song that goes through all these different flavors yeah oh ah it's so good but yeah definitely yeah. definitely want to go around the world we could have an episode just about like anime uh and music maybe it, we would have to toy with that a little bit but maybe i'm not i'm not gonna say no to anything but we do have to vet it you know? yeah yeah but maybe but maybe but yeah that is it for the last episode of this year Actually, and since we're talking about sorry i don't know okay yeah I, sorry 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 you know who's got encyclopedic knowledge of anime openings mm. is dakota mm. encyclopedic like encyclopedic like we could like I, if there was ever some kind of like like weird anime opening Jeopardy, especially on Naruto and like Bleach openings, yeah, we're walking home with the, we're walking <laughs> home with the the convertible full of cash. Like it's just gonna happen. Anything to get her on the show. Oh my god, anything. And it, so let us know our socials are. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It was too. It was too specific of a topic not to bring it up. A social, so you could find us on Twitter at uh, Phantom Jukebox underscore. You can tell us how much you want to see Dakota on the show there. You can also tell us on Facebook at Phantom Jukebox, uh, Instagram at Phantom Jukebox Podcast, and TikTok at Phantom Jukebox Podcast. Let them know everywhere how much you want to hear Dakota on this on this media stream with us. I think it'd be really a lot of fun. It's I, oh, I've yeah. tried. I've tried multiple times, but. Uh, yeah, and then uh, she needs the fans to speak. I That's know. why she's, she's the voice of us on social media. But um, yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, check us out again on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Good Pods, anywhere that has you know any major streaming platform. We should be there. And then please leave us, um, uh, leave, leave us five stars and uh, a review. Tell us what you want to hear for 2023, what you thought about 2022, um, you know, what your favorite cereal is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it would mean a lot to us and help us a lot uh, for, there's a lot of things we want to do and hopefully incorporate in 2023. Yes. And that would come faster with this kind of interaction. I would very much appreciate it. Mm. Until so. January 30th. Yeah. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Ty. Uh, Thank you, Dakota, Galvin, for all your incredible hard work over this past year and forging this podcast with me. Thank you to Kenny Grooms for this amazing uh, new Christmas rendition of the uh, theme song. I'm going to be putting him to work hopefully very, very soon for other things. Yes. Yes. So I think with that, until next time.